This is Out of the Basement, a podcast dedicated to radiation medicine. Right, I am Dr. Jason Becta crawling out of the basement in the mountains of Vermont for another episode of RVU, very aptly named because I want to talk about the everyone's favorite benchmarking or average RVUs per year per radiation oncologist. I anticipate that this is probably going to have to take many short hit episodes because this is a, a sprawling topic, uh, especially as it came up with the, the Astro Workforce study recently. So to recap, what is an RVU or a WRVU? So RVU stands for relative value unit for those of us like physicians. It actually isn't only used in medicine, but in areas, industries where people need to be paid for a job and they don't sell widgets. So if you sell a pencil and it costs five cents to make the pencil and you sell the pencil for a dollar, then, you know, you have 95 uh, cents of profit and you can then disseminate payroll based on that. So if you are selling, making a pencil for five cents, selling it for a dollar, 95 cents profit, and you have three employees and one owner and blah, 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 you can split that up doesn't work like that with medicine or, or these sort of um, things that are, are based on, on professional services. This is across industries. How do you pay people for that? How do you reimburse that? And so the RVU relative value unit is what has been gone with for medicine in terms of figuring out how much work someone is doing. And the merits of all this is for another thing. It doesn't matter. It does not with the merit. And merits don't matter to us. It's about surviving. And RVU has subcomponents. Actually, when we say RVU just because it's easier to say, but usually in an uh, RVU. So let's say I, we're just going to talk about it. We'll go with arthritis. So let's say I am treating osteoarthritis of the left knee with low-dose radiotherapy, which is uh, three gray in uh, six every other day fractions. And we have to, how do you pay me? How do you pay me or the hospital? Or how does that get reimbursed? In the course of that, there is, again, we'll just use me as, and this is the example. So a patient comes in, I see them in clinic, and I will bill a consultation code. So there's an E&M codes that has a certain value of WRV, W, ah, W, that's English, right? WRVU value. So see them in clinic, determine they're appropriate for a CT simulation. Go to CT sim, the sim is billed. There's a technical professional components like, and a couple, and then there's treatment planning. If you do complex isodose versus 3D, there's the V-SIM, there's the six fractions, there's the OTV, and if there's anything else that kind of goes along with that. But so those CPT codes, which another episode, another time, there are many CPT codes that are submitted for a course, a single course of uh, low-dose radiotherapy for osteoarthritis. All of those are summed up, and then those for the physician, for the professional component, will be a WRVU for, that are attributed to me or the billing physician extrapolate that whole process across the entire thing enterprise that is how physicians are tracked so this again was something i only very vaguely knew about in residency but then it's like literally drives everything basically but especially a lot of contracts so a lot of physicians british oncologists contracts will have a rvu target and that's for your base salary so you're going to get paid x amount assuming that you hit a baseline Y amount of WRVUs, and then there's incentives and bonuses and things on top of that. But so a WRVU, I'm just going to say RVU because I'm going to keep messing that up in my brain that I say RVU all the time. Just know that the W, the work RVU for the professional components, basically 
if you are an employed physician, which the majority of physicians now are, whether you're for a university or for a academic Mayo center or whatever hospital system, the most common sort of arrangement is that the uh, department will give you a target RVU to generate per year. Now, as you can imagine, the types of patients you treat and types of treatment you do, they generate very different RVUs. And so a six fraction low dose radiotherapy arthritis patient done as complex isodose will generate very different, that's maybe on average, depending on how you're doing the billing, like 20 RVUs, 20. That's very different than if you are doing a definitive head and neck VMAT, 70 gray and 35 fractions with an adaptive replan or multiple adaptive replans with concurrent chemotherapy, daily comb beams, yada, yada, depending on who's doing that. And especially with the adaptive replan, you're talking about 50, 60, 70 or more RVUs for that course. So each of those are one patient. Each of those are one course of treatment, low dose for arthritis or definitive VMAT for head and neck. Very different numbers of fractions. You have six fractions for arthritis, 35 for head and neck, very different modalities, very different. That head and neck course, that head and neck patient is going to generate triple the, the RVUs of the arthritis. That is why, and, and maybe for the residents who listen, that might be why you've heard rumblings about this of maybe you have faculty who focus on a disease site that are very intensive. Brachy is actually a good example. The faculty that are the ones tasked with doing brachytherapy, as anyone has seen or experienced, brachy is often very time intensive. And some the brachy codes are generally more valued higher in a way, but it's not one-to-one. It's nothing is fair. So if you know that many of us who, who, who do this job, you know how much effort it takes on your end to do a, a definitive head and neck patient versus let's say you have an eight gray times one APPA palliative femur. We all know how that feels in terms of work on our end. That feeling that you have of how much work something is or is not, that is not does not translate, unfortunately. There's no fairness in this. And you could be on a service, depending on what you do, depending on where you're at, where you are putting in an intense amount of work, arguably more than someone else, but somehow the RVUs are equivalent or often even less. And framing this as evaluating job offers or, or contracts or negotiating or whatnot, there's a couple of different ways to, to look at this. So one, the entity, the employment entity, and if you're in private, so private practice, it depends. So the classic one is a professional services agreement or PSA. Basically the hospital owns the equipment and pays the staff to take care of the overhead. So the hospital owns the LINAC, they employ the staff, the therapists, physics, dosi, those sorts of things and pay them. The ho- the physician is not an employee of the hospital. This is the classic private services, private practice model. So the physician is not an employee of the hospital. And so when a patient goes through a course of radiation therapy, the hospital bills the technical component and the physician bills the professional component and those are done separately. And then sometimes this is where you hear the, the phrase you eat what you kill, where basically the physician, this isn't a solo setup, but the physician receives the uh, professional services reimbursement and the hospital receives the technical reimbursement component. So that's like a one-to-one for the physician. So if you're a solo physician, private practice, professional services agreement, you are collecting whatever reimbursement it is. It's in, that is a very oversimplified sort of deal, but it, you know, it's a it's kind of broad strokes. Whereas for an academic job or a, with a hospital, the department was going to do some alchemy on there. And if you are presented with a job offer and they give you the contract, they're going to give you usually a RVU target. 
how they derive that target can be widely varied. So there are these national sort of benchmark services, because who's to say if uh, Hospital A in New Hampshire and Hospital B in Vermont, Hospital A could say, I think 8,000 RVUs a year is, is an average, and, and this physician, that's a regional target for this physician in this setting. The exact same style of hospital an hour away could offer a contractor to think that 11,000 RVUs per year is reasonable. And which one is right, quote unquote. And of course, there is no right. It's medicine. There's no right or wrong. It just is. And this dilemma has been around since the beginning of dilemmas. And so there are entities out there, the companies that will do national benchmarking. And you can buy it, or if you've got friends, you can get it. But you can have it. Every Everybody's got to pay. So common ones that you hear us talk about most of the time is MGMA, which I forgot to put this in front of me. I can't remember what MGMA stands for, but that's what you talked about all the time. Sullivan Cotter is another one. Visient, which is the AAMC stuff, is another one. There's and probably three or four more. There's a like, survey. So depending on who's doing it, how much, like uh, MGMA will survey either physicians or practices and they'll say, what is your average RVUs per year? What is your collections? What is your salary? What is your total comp? Blah, blah, blah. There's a whole bunch of things. But even those very wildly, and you saw that in that um, Astro Workforce study where they calculated out 8,500, I think, as the yearly RVUs and then hand-waved it into 10,000 or whatever it was. And if you actually repeat that Google search, and so if you Google average RADONC WRVUs, one of the first things that pops up, and it's weird, it's freely available, I feel like there's a reason for that, is the Visient one. And the Visient one is, is the most aggressive, I think of it as the admin-friendly one. So if the um, Visient, as always, mean, median, mode, very different. There's percentiles, very, there's many levels to that. But I think the one where you Google that, the 2022 one, is showing a, a mean RVUs per year for Radox is like 10,700, and that's far and away the top end. Most of them and, and most contracts are back down in that 8,000, 8,500 range. And that's between other surveys, things like Scarab, MGMA, those things. And so when you're evaluating a contract that's incredibly important to pay attention to is what is your RVU target? How is that derived? And then going back to the on-beam episode or other things, is that a reasonable workload for, for a reasonable target based on that patient mix? So one of the... It's not worst case scenarios, but one of the things to watch out for that fortunately seems less common than I think it used to be, or maybe it never was common, but something to watch out for is that you'll get these job advertisements and it's in the middle of nowhere, just a place you've never heard of three hours from a city. And on the postcard you'll get, it'll be some like absurdly high salary and they will promise very great quality of life. Say they, they pay the salary is, let's say, a million dollars a year, which I haven't seen that, but what is this, like 2003, whatever. So let's say you get a postcard, it's a million dollars a year. Oh my God, that's amazing. And it says the best quality of life. When you interview, talk to the recruiters and stuff, if the job is a million dollars a year, guaranteed for three years, and you average seven on beam, and then it's production-based after that, run away very hard because a million, so collections to, to generate a million dollars in collections depends on your insurance contracts where the part of the country you're in blah 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 you're going to probably need to hit at least 12,000 RVUs per year 12,000 WRVUs in professional year and then 
you have to make sure that your collections are good because the reimbursement, the top line, the gross number of gross reimbursement is not going to be what actual collections is. You're not going to hit 12,000 RVUs a year if you're only putting five to seven on beam at any given time. It's just not going to happen. Seven, seven on beam, I'm really bad back of the envelope math. Seven on beam, maybe four or five, 600 RVUs a month. And it's not, it's, that's not going to work. Sometimes this is a way they'll get you in the door because they're to pay somebody a million dollars a year with seven on beam, they're dipping into technical revenue. They're dipping into the the whatever black pool of money that the universities or, or hospitals will have. And that's a, the trick of it is there's nothing stopping a system from saying whatever year, whoever, if this ever, if this podcast ever gets to listen to the average salary per year changes. But if you're being offered a job with the average starting salary for a radiation oncologist, there's nothing stopping a place from offering you that average salary, but having a ridiculously high RVU target. We'll, we'll pay you 250000 a year. Your target is 11,000 RVUs per year. There's nothing stopping anyone from doing that. Now, that's bad and wrong. I would not take the job. Well, you know, depending on what else is going on, I should never paint in kind of absolutes like that. But it's it's important to pay attention to. I think that as of right now, so I'm recording this in 2023, I think a very common sort of target for academic medical center jobs or average jobs, average gigs. You want to be leery of, of anything that's asking for more than a base of 8,000, 9,000 RVUs. Again, it's very variable, but that eight, 9,000 is pretty common for a, a place that's going to have a, a generalist in the teens. Those are all kind of very reasonable if they are asking you to hit 11, 12, 13, 14,000 and it's not a private practice, a salary better be very high. You better have a lot of support staff or things in place or be very good at, at what you do because that's going to be rough. Conversely, it's probably going to be uncommon to find a job where it's we're going to pay you 750,000 a year and your RVU target is 3,000 RVUs. I don't think that exists either. Maybe it does. I don't know. And the other thing is figure out how they're getting that number. Like UVM, for example, the University of Vermont, where I'm currently uh, employed, is they use Sullivan Cotter for a lot of other things. So UVM will use Sullivan Cotter for salary benchmarks, and, and there's a whole their contract is very long about how they arrive at these sort of calculations. Whereas I'd have to see, I don't know what Dartmouth used was, but maybe Dartmouth uses MGMA or something else. But so that's in very broad strokes of how RVUs are used in a sort of practical way. There's national benchmarks, which usually you have to pay to see those national benchmarks. They're used by admin to set targets for their physicians, which are placed in the contract. That's how base salaries are made. And it's important to pay attention to what, if you're going to take a job, of what the RVU target is, what the patient mix is, and is that seem reasonable. Especially if you're a resident I, I, and you are evaluating your first job, please talk to your more senior friends of, of people who are out in practice and things and ask them, if that's a reasonable goal. Most of the time, people organizations are generally reasonable. We can all debate about what reasonable is in it, even is. It's un, I haven't heard much horror stories of somebody trying to pull a, a fast one on somebody and giving a very high RVU target for like a very sleepy practice and an unreasonable sort of salary and stuff. That generally doesn't happen. It's just it's shades of, of gray of maybe some maybe a, a hospital is using the aggressive, visient 
RVUs, and then I think Vizian also has less. Vizian is very admin friendly, so higher RVUs, quote unquote, averages lower salary, quote unquote, averages. It, it, that's how that's used, and then it's debatable about what is fair, what is reasonable, and which and none of this has any real answers. But really, check with someone who has been out in practice for evaluating these sort of contracts, or evaluating at a job swap of because sometimes this is hidden from people and they don't get to know these things and to just really ascertain if that's reasonable. And then that could be a negotiating sort of thing. So if you're looking at your first job, everyone thinks about salary. There's other things to go. There's many things, anything can be negotiated. And so it's not just all about they're offering you salary X and you come back with asking for salary Y, but you could negotiate. And I've done this to a degree where, you know, you don't even, you don't negotiate the salary at all. Like the place will give you a salary and you say, that's fine. But for that salary, I want this RVU target or, or whatnot. These are just kind of things to think about, but I think really drill down into that is going to take me about 700 episodes. But yeah, anyway, I'm going to go crawl back into the basement. Thanks for joining us out of the basement, Photon Media, Mountains of Vermont, really humid today. All right, back to out. This has been a Photon Media production. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Be well and be mom.